Good morning. Good morning. I happened to click the right button this morning. Yay, we're off to a good start on this Friday morning. Welcome, everyone. We are here at Seed and Bean Market, downtown Fort Myers. I am Sarah Wilson. And I'm Dr. Cindy Bianier. <laughs> and this is Juice Fresh Talk. This is our live show. Oof, it's, it feels like a heavy morning. It does. It does. It's heavy. It's a little humid. It's getting that summer feeling. Yeah. My daughter spilled milk in the car, so the whole thing stunk. <laughs> spilt milk. Were you crying over spilt milk, Cindy? No. No, I wasn't <laughs> crying. But then I opened it, and I'm like, wow, my car stinks today. That's like the worst thing you could spill in your car in Florida. It is. But my May. kids love milk. Hey. So little Shonda. Evie put it in a water bottle. That is adorable. <laughs> that is adorable. And then she promptly jumped in the car and just dumped the water bottle over. I don't have kids to spill things in my car. However. You put animals in your exactly. car. Exactly. <laughs> I've had goats in the back of my Prius. So, you know. Wow, sure which is that feels like a millennial meme, or like oh. hipster meme. Goats in the really? back of your priest. Yeah, it does. It does. I put them in the back of my truck too. There you go. Your <laughs> truck. I do have a big got truck goats in the, the prize. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's it's emergency very... circumstances. As you were like going to get your avocado toast, you threw your goats in. I, look, I don't even really eat avocado toast. I don't really even. For me, avocado has to be like almost not ripe enough. Like I don't mash avocado. It's, I don't like the texture. I hate it when it turns just a little bit brown. I don't even really guacamole unless it's like fresh, fresh. The only place that I really like guacamole is at Cantina Laredo. And yeah. Yeah. I like it. I do like it fresh like that. I'm with you on that. I don't like that consistency, but I'll tell you, I actually enjoy like chocolate avocado shakes. You're on to something there because we, little known fact, my wife and I owned a pop shop several years ago. My wife got into making gourmet popsicles and she loved it. She hated working in like the restaurant type business because it's very demanding. Yeah. And so we ended up closing it down. Neither of us really wanted to work 24 hours a day. So <laughs> that didn't work out. But she made these avocado chocolate dipped popsicles and they were incredible yeah so I do like it like that but yeah no avocado toast not my favorite I've had it a couple times and I'm like eh, sometimes it can be good but no I don't really I'm, like I'm an elder millennial so I never understood the boomer slam of the avocado toast yeah but of course it was just this is all a way for the boomers to trash on millennials yeah. saying that oh the reason that we don't we are where we are is because we're buying extravagant things. Oh no. <laughs> it's actually because we were straddled with debt as students. We were promised jobs, but oh my gosh, if you saw what the economic forecast is for jobs, it's terrible. And what we're being see what we've been seeing here in Southwest Florida, which I've been describing as the donut economy. Right. Where you have a glut of low-wage retail hospitality, entry-level jobs. And then you have, especially here, retirees and CEOs, and very little opportunity in the middle. That's actually being played out across the country as companies start, are laying off those middle management, upper-level professional. And it's anticipated to become even worse because of AI. Because AI is stepping in the place of some of these professionals, yeah. people like writers, 
content creators, even accountants and things like that. So it's anticipated that all of my fellow millennials are going to be, we were sold a bill of goods is basically what it comes out. Right. We were told to go to college. We took on this debt saying that we're going to get a job. And now as these millennials are becoming mid-career professionals, the bottom is falling out of right. that part of the economy. Right. So it's you not the fucking avocado toast. It's, it's not. the systemic components and the boomers not retiring. And I really don't want to hear shit from you, boomers. Those of you who bought your house for what? $10,000? Are you joking? I know, right? $10,000 for a house, two th maybe $1,500 for a nice car. Get out of here with that trash talk. Y'all had it easy. And jobs galore. You could go to, I mean, like my grandparents, my my maternal grandparents moved from Kentucky. They generations of farmers moved from Kentucky to the Midwest to get factory jobs. My dad's side of the family did the same, but from Tennessee and they moved there and they were able to make a life for themselves. And then my mother, as she graduated, my father, yeah, I, you could survive on one income. Like my mother was a stay at home mom. That's yeah, impossible. That's so cute. That's impossible. It's so cute. Adorable. Adorable. Must be nice. Yeah. Now you have to have a job just to pay for daycare and then a second job to pay for any kind of health insurance. It's ridiculous. So boomers take a seat. Right. Yeah. It's not the avocado toast. But speaking of, oh, wait, you were about to say No, something. I was just going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of who gets what and when, I wanted to discuss politics and our relationship with politics today. Okay. Because we always talk about policy and how that affects you, but- Really what our goal is here is to let people know how politics affects their lives yeah, and how they can build a better relation, a relationship with politics to empower themselves. Because basically the simple version, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cindy, the simple version of the definition is who gets what, when, and how, basically. Distribution. And it's all based on this agreement that we have, this social agreement, this governmental agreement that you protect us, you protect our general welfare, we'll pay you taxes and abide by your laws. And that's how the whole governance idea was Governance by consent. Right. Governance. Yes, exactly. So I hear a lot of people talk about politics in a way with a lot of apathy and they just don't want to be involved. It's too divisive. And really that's partisanship. But Politics itself is inherently personal because it affects what we get, how we get it, when we get it. And it becomes even more personal when it's decided that certain groups don't get. Yeah. Or certain groups don't have that political power. Yeah. So it is very personal. And I think we've seen that on full display right here in Florida, across the nation really, but especially in the South and in Florida, where our government, who we have an agreement with, has decided that certain people don't get, they don't get rights, they don't get political power, right. they don't get the education. So this is why it becomes even more personal and why it can branch out and affect relationships, your relationship with politics itself and your relationships with others. Because when it becomes that personal, it's right. hard not to take offense. It's hard not to believe that it's an attack. It's a personal attack. Politics yeah. being used to personally attack people. That's what I wanted to get into, especially being that Ron DeSantis just signed a slate of six anti-LBGTQ plus bills on Wednesday, May 17th, which was also International Day Against 
homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia, which a lot of people believe that that was intentional. I have to say I'm one of those people. And again, making it more personal. Every step is like to make it more personal, to, to make it clear that it is an attack. Yeah, I agree with you. And let's... I, first Sorry, of all, I ran down a lot. No, you there. did. I just want to say, so we have some folks in the chat. Thank you for joining us, Tim. Yes. And yes, Anne-Marie, the, the personal is political. Right. And I think it's important to talk about some of the differences, like the partisanship versus politicalness. I think that people get tired and the partisanship grades on people. So that's your Republican versus Democrat. Right. But everything that we do when it talks about our rights, our lives, our ability to live a quality life is political. So whether you like it or not, you're involved in politics mm -hmm. by virtue of being, by virtue of driving on a road or owning a business or purchasing a product. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. And Cindy talks about the sign, right? You saw the sign that was somebody programmed or hijacked a road sign. Oh, in Orlando? Yeah. Yeah. Outside. There's the sentiment that is being pushed. This is the culture war sentiment. This is how Ron DeSantis has decided to run this state for his own political and partisan good, too. Right. He's expected to make his presidential bid announcement next week, by the way. So he's signing all these bills. So he pushed all these bills through the Florida legislature so he could say, look, this is what we're doing. We're anti-woke. He's pushing these culture wars. Right whilst simultaneously behind the scenes consolidating power right also pushing through bills that are exempting home rule preemptions doing a lot of power consolidations at the universities that was another thing yeah, that went yeah. through this week putting presidential power basically the president that he appoints or tries to appoint mm -hmm. or the board of governors can appoint can control a university um, it does affect every aspect of our life which i want people to take a really close look at that when it comes to higher education especially there are there is statistical data that shows the more educated you are the more likely you are to be more liberal or progressive this is not an accident this is not about values this is about suppressing education that yeah. that shows different cultures that shows diversity that shows inclusivity it's purposeful to convert Florida into this, I don't, I would totalitarian say, just, state. Yeah, yeah, to suppress anything, this fascist state, but mainly to get rid of people who are not going to vote for him. Yeah. So yeah, there are people that are leaving. So let's talk about, let's focus. Cause there's actually yeah. a, a, so many shitty bills that got signed and passed. There's still a few, there's an attack on women too. The, we, of course we already yeah. saw the six week abortion ban coming in, right. but there's more. There's more. There's a really detrimental divorce bill that I do not think he's signed yet, but that actually rolls back the rights of women compared to their partners and is seen widely as people who advocate in this space as a as that step toward um, eliminating no-fault divorce. Right. So this is, and why I wanted to talk about the personal relationships is because I've had Let's many... those bills while you're... Oh, hold on up. Why I wanted to have this conversation is because I've had many conversations about being friends with Republicans, engaging in relationships with Republicans. Look, many of my family members are Republicans, though many of my older family members. And we have had heated discussions because it's very hard 
to understand how someone who loves you can mm -hmm. vote against your better interests or your best interests, your rights, your humanity, right. because that's what it is. And I encourage everyone and every conversation I have, because it's a lot of gaslighting. I, when I have these conversations, I hear they're not out to get the gays. That's literally what I hear all the time in conversations with Republicans. And then I'm like, and I think we've talked about this before. Have you ever read your party's platform? Like, just read your party's platform because that is where they lay out their full agenda, their values, their beliefs. And it says in there that their goal is to restore natural marriage and overturn Obergefell, returning yep. to natural marriage, which, yep. okay, I'm studying for that. I'll start right now. And one of the biggest things is inferences. What can be inferred by that statement? Natural marriage is between a man and a woman. So what is marriage between a woman and a woman, a man and a man? Must be not natural. Exactly. So any platform that can refer to me as unnatural, I'm sorry, there's no possible way I'm ever going to vote for anybody that signs on to that. And I'm also personally offended by those who can and then say that and want to engage in a relationship with me. So I think that's where it becomes personal because yeah. of these attacks on certain groups. It's very difficult for it not to affect relationships. Yeah. And it's interesting that you're talking about that because I've had this conversation with folks too. And what I've noticed, like you can look at our podcast, a Democrat and a Republican walk into a bar. There are, are admittedly by Demo or by Republicans themselves components of the Republican platform that are in complete opposition to one another. And yet somehow folks still are able to do the mental gymnastics to get themselves. And the one that actually that that my my co-host and I, Sean Hartman, come up against all the time is where the culture war meets the fiscal conservative. Right. Absolutely. So so a lot of people are drawn to the Republican Party because of the fiscal conservatism too, right? Oh, we want to save money. That makes sense. That, even though that's horseshit and I can, there's a whole other episode on that, but that makes sense. It makes you feel like a responsible person. We don't want to waste money. Okay, great. But that will come into contradiction with some of the culture war ideas, right? Uh -huh. So as same thing with the big government idea. So big government is bad, except for when we're going to implement our culture war stuff. And I've gotten down in the conversation on that. Like, oh yeah, actually that does conflict. But I think that when, because a lot of, especially the culture war, what is wrapped up with the attacks on the LGBT community, it is about emotions. <laughs> it's not about policy. It's not about science. It's about emotion. It makes people feel uncomfortable and it's being exploited for political purpose. And that's all there is to it. Really, that's all you really need to understand is like, they understand as political strategists, the Republicans, I mean that there's a group of people who just don't get the gays. They just don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't really like it, right? And so if you put this stuff out there, they just go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll yeah. just, that, that's feeding this feeling I have that I, don't, that I don't like it, I don't get it. It's not about actual policy or what's good or fiscal policy. And here's the thing that's like, you think about Obergefell, right? Aside from the human rights component of it, which is huge, right? The legal component really is—it's all about like fucking taxes and licensing yeah. and government stuff. So yeah. really, the only reason there, there's no reason to not have 
same-sex marriage, except for based on how you feel about it. Because right. it's really just who can come see you in the ER if you're sick? Who can... Contract. It's a contract, right? Yeah. And that's what the government is supposed to be maintaining. But there's all these feelings, emotions, values that have been put into it that have muddied the water of what the role of government is. And in my opinion, yeah, I absolutely agree with you that it is a something that they can get a base riled on. However, I also believe that at this point, it's about finance and it's about money. Because even like when we're talking about the issue of abortion, when you look across the nation right now, there is huge backlash against the GOP on Mm -hmm. the abortion issue. They're losing across the nation and yet they're still sticking to this agenda to and there's more bans going into place left and right. South Carolina just initiated another a six-week mm-hmm. ban after their Supreme Court already struck one down. So it's like they don't stop. And that's because these evangelicals are funding their campaigns. Yeah, so campaign it's about, finance. Yeah. Because <laughs> listen, here's the thing. Poor women who are straddled with a bunch of kids are not a super big voting block. Right. Because you don't have the capacity to get in there. You just don't. Right. So it's, there's some purposeful, they don't really care that it's a minoritarian view. Yeah. They care that it's this righteous mission that they've been funded to complete. How I think it came about as being like in the culture wars that we're in right now is these evangelicals who I would also refer to as white Christian nationalists Mm. because that's what they are. They have been funding the GOP for years, ever since Roe versus Wade back in Mm -hmm. maybe before that. Which was very bipartisan at the time. Exactly. But they have been funding the GOP and they're anti-abortion, anti-LBGTQ+. And I think that the way that the GOP has gotten their base around this is the historical tactic of, and this is true for every dictator wannabe, every authoritarian government, is we have to find someone to blame for your grievances. And there are are a lot of grievances in the United States, just like I've we were got talking some about grievances. The, the donut economy, the fact that our generations are not able to get jobs. We don't have the social policy that Europe has and our needs are not being met on a large scale. Right. So when you have that happening, instead of blaming the government who's supposed to be distributing those resources and making sure that we have access to our basic needs, when you don't have that happening, you have all these aggrieved people and it's easy to pit them against each other because sure. they want someone to blame. So right. what the GOP has been successful at doing is blaming these, excuse my language. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. But apparently from what I understand, it's the trans the people trans that are people. just the root of all that's wrong. Yeah. Women that are just getting knocked up frivolously. Oh yeah. Feminists. Feminists are promiscuous women problem. who are out here getting knocked up and murdering babies and us gays. How dare we like, so that's where we are the moral deficit in the United States right. and the reason for your grievances. The thing that's like, I just can never wrap my mind around in terms of the targeting of trans folks is it's such a small amount of folks, right? Like a very small Almost. amount of people live openly as trans and I just like the fact that there's so much ire and actually the bills. So I was looking up the bills so that we know them, a trans bathroom bill, which by the way has been tried and thrown out several times over Mm -hmm. was signed by Ron DeSantis yesterday. Basically that makes it illegal for you to use a bathroom that is not your 
assigned sex. Yeah, birth sex. And there's people who are basically saying this is going to result in the rest of a whole bunch of trans people. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that is the point. And I would like to point out that many of you, if you're watching and you're anti-trans, I would bet money on the fact that you would not be able to tell what someone's birth sex is when they walk into your bathroom. So that's what's so crazy because and who, would what are we you prefer? Have bathroom would police? you prefer? Okay, so say you have a trans male, right? A trans male walks into a woman's bathroom because they are. They look that's like their a woman. assigned birth sex. No, they a trans male is going to look like a male and mm. walk into a woman's restroom. I thought that's what you're trying to avoid here. So here's the, some other data it's, around that too. Is actually trans, you know, people who have transitioned to become a man are actually mm-hmm. at an incredibly high risk of violence uh-huh. in men's bathrooms. And sometimes they will use them anyway because it causes less social distress. But sometimes those folks will try to lock themselves in. There's not often good locking mechanisms mm-hmm. in some of these bathrooms. So I just think that this is this is a much to do about nothing. Very little there's very little, if any, evidence that there's any problems with this. There's not this rampant trans people attacking people in bathrooms no right. it's actually it's men right. <laughs> newsflash it's men who are doing nasty things in bathrooms to right. one another to women which um, hello is already illegal like, if you it's attack a woman in the bathroom it's, right, that's yeah. already illegal that's what i'm saying it's this it's scare tactics and to target people and to target different groups but for the purpose and I swear, this is what it, it's just blaming. It's just finding someone to, to put grievances on. And it's something, too, that somebody like me, right? So people know that I'm a, a political operative. I'm, I speak my right. mind. But it's a, not yeah. an uncommon thing for people online to call me, say that right. I'm trans. Can we? Yes. I did not realize that. Oh, it's just, it, it, listen, oh it happens God. to, yeah, because people use it as a, as a slam. Oh, you look like a dude. Okay, thanks, man. Like. I, I squatted out three kids, but NBD, right? But this is where it becomes like everybody else's problem too, right? So potentially somebody could say that I'm trans, I'm walking to a women's bathroom and they could use that to target me and right. then harass me and potentially, yeah, I don't know. Are they going to be strip searching? Yeah. We're I know Cindy sure. says, I dare some motherfucker ask me what I was born as. I agree, Cindy. I agree. And good morning to you as well, Danica. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, thanks for subscribing. For it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate our subscribers. And those of you who are joining us here bright early in this morning. We appreciate you. This is a tough conversation, though. Let's it see. Is. The other things that are basically stripping the humanity of LGBT folks across the state today include the restrictions of pronoun use in school mm-hmm. and expansion of the don't say gay component, which by the way, Ron DeSantis already expanded the policy itself of not teaching any gender identity or sexuality all the way through 12th grade. He just made a policy change once that passed through the legislature in 2022. We also, so we have the bathroom bill, the criminalization of gender affirming care for minors and the ability of the state to take away children of parent, trans parent, or right. trans children from their parents. Yeah. If they even suspect, suspect 
of gender affirming care. And this is another thing that actually affects me personally and affects many people that I know, some of whom have trans children. But I already know that my ex-husband is setting this up as something that he can legally go after me for because he asked me about it in a deposition in 2022. Wow. So just the insinuation, and now that's in a court document, it's something that could potentially be used against me, even if that is not the space that we're in, we're not talking about that, but just that type of insinuation from somebody who's trying to legally abuse you, like the situation that I'm in, could put somebody in danger. Oh, absolutely. And it's the same thing with abortion in so many different states where, you know, women with having miscarriages, they could be... It's just crazy to me that this is where we are. And this is why I would like everyone to nurture their relationship with politics, to become more engaged, to become more empowered, and know that even when you're not affected, and I think this is why I get frustrated with conversations, especially with like Republican family members, is that it's easy to ignore when you're not affected. Sure. And unfortunately, many people are being attacked right now. And many people that are already our most vulnerable in the state and in the nation. So it's really going to take everybody nurturing that relationship so that we live in an equitable society because we can have philosophical disagreements, but when it comes to who gets what, when it comes to equity, yeah, it really shouldn't be, there. be the government be there. deciding these right. things. They shouldn't be deciding your health care. Shouldn't right. be deciding how to raise your children. Yeah. Shouldn't be telling you which bathroom you can right. use. I it's or even like Tampa Bay just canceled their pride. Their their pride because of the scare tactics on drag performers performing in front of minors and right. finding space for drag performers to perform because damn it. They're not going to be excluded from pride. Like of all places that drag queens and transgender folks are being attacked, they're damn sure not going to be excluded from pride. If there's not a space where that can happen without fear of attacks from police officers or attacks from other groups, just extremist groups. Yeah, arrested. Being vulnerable. And that's so disappointing because pride, I've gone to pride for years. Last year's Pride was probably the most momentous to me. In Cape Coral? No, I went to the one in Naples. Oh, Cape Coral Pride was lit. Yeah, I miss Cape Coral Pride. <laughs> last year? This year, this earlier this year. This year. Yeah, I missed both last year and this past one in Man, Cape we Coral. took on the transphobic people. That's right. I t- that video, like, they, they tried to infiltrate the crowd and yeah. just the... They came after them and it was great. I was unable to be there. But the feeling at Pride Naples last year, and I'm looking forward to next month's Pride in Naples, but when you're there and especially it was like so different because of all of this going on and we were on the precipice of all this legislation. So it was like you knew that these attacks were coming in hot last year. And just being there in solidarity in a place where you know you're safe, you know you're supported, It's just a different feel when you're under attack. So to think that all of these pride celebrations are being canceled right now when we need them the most, where when we really need those safe spaces and those places to come together where we can feel supported, it's so disappointing to see that happening. But that's the goal. That was the goal, goal, right. That was the point of criminalizing the drag performances for minors is so that they could actually shut down the pride celebrations and which like the proud boys and other activist groups have been going after for the last couple of years, which is interesting because it really wasn't a big deal 
until a couple years ago. When they decided that this was the target, that they were so thoroughly offended. They couldn't just shut the fuck up and stay home. They had to go out and be like, oh, we... The gays really make us feel uncomfortable, so we have to, like... I'm sorry. It makes me feel really uncomfortable when you march in public places with your swastikas. Are you joking? Oh, by the way, did you see the Aryan Nation stuff that yes. went around Naples? This yes, is really happening, y'all. Saying. This is happening, and, and yet... I wanted to pick up on something that you said. Hold on. Go for it. I was going to say, because that relationship that you're talking about, because you said something that I've heard a lot of my Republican friends and family members say as well, is, oh, they really don't mean that. That's really not going to happen. There's this delusion that that what the worst case scenario that activists are saying is not going to happen. But actually what we've seen over the last few years is that it's actually happening. And so we're trying to, there are activists and people in this space saying, hey, look, like this, the 15-week abortion ban is leading to the six-week abortion right. ban is leading to total abortion ban, to the criminalization of pregnancy, to further attack on women. And actually, this has been the progression that we're seeing. So this concept that somehow some people who are still in line with the Republican Party are falling into is, oh, it's really not going to be that bad. It's really not. It's really not this attack. It's that yeah. They don't really mean that. Yeah, no, it's really that bad. And they really do mean it. And they really do. Because this is different. We're not talking about individual folks, too, guys. We're actually, and I think we must go back to the Citizens United because this has everything to do with money and politics. It has everything to do with a handful of billionaires and extremely wealthy people who can build very well-funded political action committees Mm -hmm. that can fund these extremist candidates, that can can fund a continuous stream of state legislature who will go in and do their bidding, really not concerned at all what the popular opinion is. This is one reason why we don't have gun legislation in the way that we should. Not that 65% of the people don't want it. It's just because there's a very small, powerful vocal and well-funded minority that is putting the candidates up and they're doing what they're told there. They really don't care what right. we're, what we say here. Citizens United is responsible for really most of the problems in <laughs> politics and government right now. Really, because right. it's diverting attention away from the people when these billionaires, their political power is based on the dollars that they can spend, not right. on the... By the way, some of these billionaires, and I calculated this, could give every single American a million dollars and still be a billionaire. Really? That maths out? We could go into a whole <laughs> conversation about so anyway, capitalism and people yeah. being billionaires. and That's another day. That's a whole I do got to go. 10 minutes, I got to go walk yeah. my kids to school. We see Chantal. She is... Ah! Under the weather today, we love her. We hope that she's feeling better soon. Yeah, there's 330 million people. 330 million? There's 335 million people. That's 335 in the United States? Million dollars. Yeah. You're still a billionaire. Elon Musk would still be a billionaire if he deposited a million dollars in everybody's account. So, anyway. Anyway. It's a whole nother topic, but the, let's see, there was a couple other, oh, so the other, the, what they're calling the medical, the medical conscience law was also signed yeah. that actually allows medical practitioners in the state of Florida to deny service to somebody if they think it's against their, how they're Basically, feeling Basically, it day, allows doctors to discriminate against people that they Which, by the way, what somebody had pointed out is actually against federal law. So if you're licensed as a medical practitioner, you have an obligation to serve. That's what I was saying last week. I'm like, that's against the whole 
Yeah, it's against the, the it's against the Hippocratic oath, like just well, why you I, become a medical practitioner in any way, shape, or form. But it's actually against federal law. So this actually this will set up some very interesting lawsuits. Um, yeah. But that's also another thing that Ron DeSantis is trying to do is separate out himself as a state from federal oversight. And I believe this is a path to secession. That's a huge deal as well. That's Let's see, we talk about the pronouns, the bathrooms, the trans, a gender affirming care, the gender conscience. And the taking the kids away. Yeah. Did we miss anything no. from yesterday? That was just yesterday. That was just that was that Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. On Sorry. International Day Against right. Homophobia. So what I want to end with is that all of this is heavy. It's very heavy for those that are affected. And we didn't even we were talking LGBTQ plus women, our black and African American communities, our Im- immigrant communities. It's heavy right now. So what Chantal and I have actually been talking about is not just going out because sometimes this, like me, I told Cindy when I got here that I've been a little bit avoidant for the past couple weeks because I had to go inward because some of this just gets heavy all the time. Even my social media is all political. And so it's like it you never get a break from Mine's it. Mine's all cat pictures. Is it? Maybe I need to take up that practice. Because I don't put political stuff on my... I have, like, different social media oh accounts gosh. for my political I stuff. I need to do that you because, like, all I see... And so then on your personal page, it's just whatever, tattoo pics or whatever you're into. Ugh. No, that's my business too. I I'm like, I want to Oh yeah, you break. don't want business. You yeah, business. no, I, I don't know. Cat pics. Cat pics yeah, are cats, very otters. I love otters. Goats? You like goats. I love goats. Okay. I can just go out on my farm for that. But <laughs> basically this stuff can get very heavy, especially the more you're involved in it. So the past couple of weeks I turned inward because I also have some personal family stuff going on. And what I wanted to do was not just find joy, but create joy. Because sometimes joy can be hard to find in times like this. So create joy wherever you can. Be compassionate. Be empathetic. The world is crazy right now. And there is joy to be found. Yes. But create it. Create even just smiling as you walk down the street. Because right now, I think you probably know, in Florida right now, there are times where you go out and people even suspect your politics, you're getting dirty looks. And maybe that's because I am gay and I go out with my wife, but it's heavy. So create joy where you road. can. Like Danica's been oh, yeah. off the road. I, I got ran off the road coming home from USF when I was going to school there because I'm in my Prius and these big trucks think that they can run me off the road. If I were in my truck, they probably wouldn't try to do that. But I introduced a fellow who is giving me the finger, um, an up close view of my Charlie Chris sticker on the back of my van. He was on a motorcycle. Look, don't mess with my boy Charlie. You know how well, I roll so saying, no, I'm saying like I got the Charlie. No, Chris not you. I'm on the back of my van. Man. This dude this on man. a motorcycle came out, fingers glaring, and I just gave him an up close picture and view of that. Ooh. All I'm saying. I'm slamming yeah. the brakes. Oh, there's a good look at Charlie. Yeah, he so, got a real close look at Charlie. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> if you need to turn inward sometimes and go out there and create some joy, then do that. But we all have to take care of ourselves and take That's care of each other. That's joy for me. Huh? That's brought joy. Yeah, sometimes I get, my wife tells me all the time, you'd like to fight. <laughs> and not with her, but anywhere if I can be found. It's in my nature. I am a fighter, but sometimes I need to, like this week, last week was her birthday, my wife's birthday, our dating anniversary, my best friend's birthday. I had dinner with another friend. So I just encourage everyone when you need to take a break, 
create that joy. I look forward to next month, which is Pride Month, and we're going to be creating joy all over the place and hopefully not letting anybody hold us down or back from that. I'm sorry to Tampa that they had to do that. I hope that doesn't happen here in Naples. We shall see. But yeah, let's wrap so I can go. Thanks to all of our friends online for joining us. And I do want to say one thing I want to leave with. I think it was Cindy had asked a question about recruiting candidates. It's me. I'm recruiting candidates. This lady. So if you know somebody that wants to run or is interested in running on a campaign, please send me a direct message or send us a direct message here on Big Mouth Media. You put any message out there, I will find it. And I will reach out and we'll get things going because I'm taking this very seriously. I started a super pack. I have several state packs that I've started and I am ready to rock and roll. And Cindy, yes, definitely be in touch. So thanks for joining us here today at Juice Fresh Talk on Big Mouth Media. Check out all that we have to offer on Big Mouth Media at BigMouthMediaFL.com. Become a subscriber today. You can get the everything subscription for $19.99 a month and you help keep independent media alive in Florida when we're so under attack. I appreciate everybody for being here today. Appreciate Sarah Wilson and our other co-host Chantel Rhodes. We miss you. (laughs) We miss you too. And we'll see you next time on Juice. Thank you. Bye-bye.